You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would build us up, Father, so much that the attitude of gratitude would explode within us and we would rejoice and thank you so much for everything you're doing. And Lord, we thank you for everyone that will be saved and set free. And Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Shake a few hands with a few people and say, you look incredibly great for this late at night. Amen. This evening, I'm going to minister to you some, really some exciting truth, things that will cause you to give thanks to God, things that will cause you to rejoice in God. And uh, when you talk about thanksgiving, being thankful, understand how it works. It's actually a supernatural force because whenever you give thanks, you're actually releasing the blessings of God within your life. And if, if you don't, if you, like some people who lose gratitude in their life, uh, you lock up those blessings and they're not released. But when you have an attitude of gratitude, and you're thankful to the Lord for everything he's done in your life, every time you begin to thank him, it loosens the blessings that are within you. And those blessings will always manifest in your relationships, in your money, in your career, in your pursuits. The, 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 it'll always manifest. But you have to be a person that appreciates and responds to what God gave you. So we're going to look at some great truth in this. But let's start with this. Uh, look over in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This is one of the most common verses that we see on Thanksgiving. It said, in everything give thanks. Say in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I, I, wanna, I, want, I, I want you to interpret this correctly. When he says in everything, he doesn't mean to give thanks to God for cancer. Or give thanks to God because you're losing your car or your home. He's not talking about that. In fact, write this down in the book of Isaiah 5.20. It says, it says, woe unto those who call good evil and evil good. And understand that God has nothing to do with sickness and disease. Nothing to do with lack. Nothing to do with, with accidents. He is not involved with that. But the reason why it says to give thanks in everything, because whatever you're going through right now, in that moment, if you give thanks to God, the blessings that God placed within you are released. And then those blessings will begin to turn the tide on whatever you're in. Whether the condition is low or high, you begin to thank God and say, Lord, thank you. You haven't forsaken me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Father. You are my provider. It releases the blessing within you. Now, we know in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that it says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has, say has. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. It means you have it. If you are born of the Spirit, you have every spiritual blessing within you, but you've got to release that with this attitude of gratitude towards God. When you pray in faith, you thank Him for hearing you. When you speak in faith, you thank Him that His word won't return void. And whatever you say, you know is going to move the mountain, whatever in your life. And so that's why He says, 
to be thankful in everything. And there's something about it that makes it so much easier to be blessed when you have this gratitude. Uh, my wife, every so often, she'll bring me a jar of peaches or pears. She'll say, I can't get it open. And you know, the ladies have little tricks. They put it under hot water and so forth. But let me give you the trick to make it work. All you have to do is put a hole in it, in the lid. Once the air goes out, it opens right up. And I believe it's almost like Thanksgiving. When you give thanks, your faith works so easily. But when you just, ah, Lord, I, I'm praying and Lord, please do this for me. And you don't have that thankfulness in your request, it's really hard to release the blessing. But when you have that attitude of gratitude, I'll tell you what, it's easy. Father, thank you that all things work together for the good for those who love God. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It just all of a sudden releases the blessing in your life in a great way. Now, I'm going to show you in the Word of God some truth that should cause all of you to become more thankful towards your salvation. I want you to say this with me. Salvation is not a one-time experience. It's ongoing. What happened to you when you got saved is ongoing. It continues the benefits of it. And once you understand the revelation in this, it will cause you to be very thankful. So look at this verse with me. Look up at the screen. It's talking about in Hebrews about what Jesus did. And it says, and as it is appointed to men to die once, but after this judgment, watch this next part. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear the second time apart from sin for salvation. Say it's apart from sin. I want you to hear this. this is so powerful. I'm so thankful to God that when I came to Christ, he forgave me of all my sins, which means that God will never judge me for my sins. He'll judge me for my lack of faith, He'll judge me for my unbelief, but never sin. Let me tell you why. Because on Jesus, on that cross, took all of my sins upon himself, and he was judged through justice to pay the penalty of sin. So when I become a believer, all those sins have been forgiven in Christ, past, present, and future, all of them. So now when God judges me, we know he will at the judgment seat of Christ. He judges my faith. Be it done unto you according to your faith. But all your sins have already been forgiven. He'll never judge you in justice because Jesus' body took your sins upon your, yourself. Say amen, everybody. That's good news to know that when I got saved, it didn't end with the next sin that I committed. It continues on. God forgives me of all my sins after I got saved. All of them. All of them. All of them. Man, there's power in this. And, and I want you to see something else about this that I believe is very good. He says here that this blessing of being blessed apart from sin is given to the believer. And if you want to compare it to the Old Testament, compare it to this. In the Old Testament, the sins were covered. So what they would do is they'd offer up a sacrifice for their sins. 
they take the blood of the animal and they sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And then the priest would pronounce a blessing on the people. The only problem is they had to repeat this process over and over and over and over again because the sins were only uh, covered. Jesus came and once and for all, he sacrificed himself for us. And Jesus, or the Father, took his sacrifice, took his blood, put it on the mercy seat, and said, I'm going to forgive them of all their sins, past, present, and future, once and for all. My son will never go back on the cross. They'll never have to repeat that process. So it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, God has already forgiven you of all your sins. And that's a good reason to thank God for that. Amen? And then what God did then is blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I'm blessed when I'm up. I'm blessed when I'm down. I'm blessed when I've messed up. I'm blessed when I'm not messing up. I'm blessed all the time within me. Now, I need to work out that blessing, but I'm blessed. I'm never cursed. I'm never condemned. I'm never down and out, separated from God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. That's good. And that's what this blessing does. It is it puts you in a position you're blessed every day of your life. I'm blessed every day. I'm blessed when I lose my temper. I'm, and, and, and what that means is if I, if I begin to use my faith and I begin to thank God, I can release the blessing in my life. I can release it over my family. I can release it over my church. I can release it over my body. Hallelujah, Jesus. Isn't that exciting? Now, I'm going to show you this to you in Scripture. So look with me in 1 John chapter 1. And I'm going to show you a really powerful set of verses here. And you're going to have to think tonight a little bit because I'm going to give you some meat. It said, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness. How many are in God? All right, it says there's no darkness in him and you're in him. Amen? Talking about your spirit, not your soul, not your body, but your spirit is not in darkness at all. Now notice else what he says. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now in order to see this revelation correctly, you have to understand what fellowship means here. Most people, when they read that text, they think fellowship is eating bread together, fellowshipping together, having pie after the service. Amen? But fellowship in this chapter is not talking about that. It's talking about fellowshipping with the Father and the Son. It's talking about uh, eternal life, a relationship with God. If you read the verses that precede it, it talks about how they touched Jesus, how they knew Jesus, how they fellowshiped with him and partook of eternal life. So when he uses the word fellowship, he's talking about this is what it's like to be someone who has eternal life. And so when he says those who say they walk in fellowship or those who say that they have a relationship with God, and don't practice the truth, they're lying. I said they're lying. And then he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. 
He said, in other words, if you have this salvation, as Jesus is, so are you. You have fellowship with one another and with, with the Father and the Son. And then it says, the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse you from all sin. Now, some people say to walk in fellowship as he is means that you don't sin. In other words, I'm not walking in sin. If that's what it means, why would Jesus have to cleanse us from all sin? Why would he have to cleanse us from all sin if that was the case? No, it's not talking about it. It's talking about those who are walking in their eternal life with God. The blood of Jesus is continually cleansing you of all sin. That's why the Bible says that you're renewed day by day. Woo. I said hallelujah. Now there's power in this. Because he's showing us something here that's just absolutely out of, the, out, of, out of your mind here. He's showing us the power of eternal life, of walking in fellowship with God. He's sh showing us that when you do that or you're born again, have that eternal life, that what happens is the blood of Jesus is constantly uh, cleansing you of all sin. You don't cleanse till you're forgiven first. The cleansing process is after the forgiveness process because you've already been forgiven. I said you've already been forgiven. I've already been forgiven. I've already been forgiven. Father, thank you that I've already been forgiven. Thank you, Lord, I've already been forgiven. Lord, I praise you that I've already been forgiven. And there's a cleansing process that occurs. Now, look in the next part of the verse as it goes on. Put it on here. I want you to see it. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves that the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now watch this next part. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now I want you to understand what this is saying. He's not telling us that you can't get forgiveness until you ask for forgiveness. He's not saying that. 1 John 1, 9 literally reads this way. If we acknowledge that we have sinned, or if we've been acknowledged that we have sinned, it's only because God has been faithful to forgive us in the past. It's aorist tense. In the past, God forgave you. I'm not against confessing sins, but I am against confessing sins to be forgiven. You're not forgiven because you confess your sin. You're forgiven because you believed on Christ. When I got saved, I believed that Jesus Christ died for me on the cross and was rose up. And when I declared him as, as Lord, God forgave me of all my sins, even though I didn't mention any of them at that moment. I just believed on Christ. Are you listening to me? So it's kind of like this. Uh, John is dealing with Gnosticism, which didn't believe in sin at all. But he's dealing with something that is powerful. He's showing us that a true believer is going to give thanks to God for the forgiveness that he's received in the past. It's kind of like if you were in debt with some huge debt and you had it on a ledger and some a friend of yours comes up and says, I'm going to pay off this 
I'm going to pay off that. I'm going to pay off this. And it's blotted out. And then you go on from that day. You're talking to some friends and you pull out your old ledger and said, I used to owe this. But my friend paid it off. That's what a Christian does. He's thankful that God forgave him of his sins in the past. I should have been dead. I shouldn't have survived. I shouldn't have been healed. I shouldn't have had a second chance. But God forgave me. God forgave me. God loved me, praise God. Wow. That's how this confession thing works, is we are telling everyone Man, Lord, I was on a path to nowhere. I was on a path to drug abuse. I was on a, a path to defeat. I was on a path to death. And God forgave me of all my sins and set me on a path of righteousness. And to this day, I'm still thanking Jesus, thanking the Father for forgiving me, thanking the Father for cleansing me. And not just back then, but for anything that I would do in the future. That's the Christian faith. That's the power that God has for us that when you walk in the light as he is in the light the blood of Jesus is cleansing us cleansing us of sin making us able to go before God with boldness and confidence and receive from God whatever we need but it's that thankfulness Lord Jesus I should be in hell right now Lord Jesus I should have made it but you forgave me Lord you should have called me but you did you, I wasn't looking for you but you drew me in I wasn't searching for you but you were searching for me you oh glory glory to God There's so much power in this. And this is why you see strange things like this in Scripture. If you ever study the book of Revelation, it's one of my favorite books. Not the prophetic part, but the prophecy to the churches. Because it's really easy to apply that. But out of the seven churches, there was five that he corrects. And out of those five churches, he never once says, I want you to ask God to forgive you. And he will forgive you. Not one of them. He tells them to repent. In other words, change what you're doing. The Apostle Paul, who dealt with a lot of carnal Christians, nowhere in his epistles does he ever tell the church, go to God, ask God to forgive you. Nowhere. The only where in Scripture that we find we're to confess sins is when we're being reconciled one to another. James says that if your brother is offended or Go to them and confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. In other words, God's already forgiven you. But sometimes we got to lower down our guard and say, I messed up here. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry I abused you. Sorry I raised my voice. And it brings reconciliation to the person. But you have been and you are forever forgiven of your sins as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah, Jesus. And God has blotted it out of his thoughts what you have done. And God will never judge you according to justice because of your sin. All judgment is based on your faith. Did you waver? Did you believe? Did you trust him? It's all on that. Your sins were put in the body of Jesus. And Jesus suffered for you. So that we could be, tonight could thank God that I'm alive. I'm well because of Christ. It's an eternal forgiveness that God has given us. 
One of the verses that I love the most is in 1 Corinthians 10, 17 or 13. It says this, that no one is tempted beyond what they can take. And God will always provide you a way of escape. You know what that means? That means that I can thank God that whatever I'm in, God's going to give me a way out of it. If I'm in sickness, disease, he's going to help me escape the consequences of that disease. If I'm in a place of lack, God will give me, give me a way out to escape the consequences of lack. If I'm in a place of disruption and problems and frustration, God will make a way so that I can escape that. If I'm in a situation of contention and strife with a loved one, God will give me a way of escape. Come on, church. We got a lot to thank him for. We got a lot to thank him for. I don't know why Christians are not happier. We got to be happy campers. We got to thank God for what he's doing in our lives. The opportunities that he places before us, the breakthroughs that he gives us, all those things are ours, available in Christ. All we got to do is receive it. Maybe you missed your season this year. Maybe you missed it, but every year a new season will come. Maybe you missed an opportunity, but opportunities will come. In other words, don't you dare quit believing. Thank God that he keeps sending it to you. Thank God that he keeps sending you a breakthrough. Thank God that he keeps sending you the over-the-top blessings in your life. Woo. Man, see the blessings within me, within you. When I give thanks to God, I'm releasing those spiritual blessings inside of me. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You see this all through the word. When you don't know how to pray, just give thanks. That's what Paul and Silas did. They'd been preaching. They got locked up, beaten with rods, put in the inner sanctuary. At midnight, they began to sing praises to God. They begin to thank God for what he had done for them in their life. And as they begin to do that, what happened? The, the blessing caused a release, caused them to escape jail. They got out of jail, and the jailer got out of jail, being the jailer, and got saved in his whole family. Why? Because they were praising God. They were thanking God. I don't understand why I'm here, Lord, but I know no weapon for me shall prosper. I don't know why we got beaten with rods, but you said, blessed are those, come on, when you're persecuted. Father, I thank you for it. Am I the only one fired up here tonight? Come on, church. Wow. I, I, when I start studying the scriptures and the truth that the gospel offers us, I don't know how anybody can stay sane. I don't know how anybody can stay mellow when you begin to realize how much God has delivered us from. I love the fact that thanksgiving is the way you bring increase. You know, if you take a seed and you put it on a shelf, it never multiplies. But if you take that same seed and you put it in the soil, it grows, right? It multiplies. I believe that without thanksgiving, it's like putting your seed on the shelf. But when you offer thanksgiving with whatever you sow, it's like putting it in the ground. And that thanksgiving releases the blessing, that the heavenly blessing rains on that seed. Whether in your family, whether with your kids, whether with your marriage, come on, church, 
You're struggling with your marriage. Just begin to thank God every day. Lord, I thank you for her. I thank you for the virtuous woman she is. Or I thank you for the virtuous husband he is. And you begin to thank him. And God will begin to rain on that seed that she sowed. And all of a sudden, that knucklehead will stop being a knucklehead. All of a sudden, that guy doesn't understand. will start understanding. And you'll say, man, what's going on? It's because you were thanking God for him. You are thanking God that you sowed the seed in them, and God's going to turn them into the man or the woman that God wants you to be. Praise God. Come on, just try that. Thanksgiving. Thank God. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved by grace. Thank God I'm over the top with Jesus. Come on. That's awesome. Let me close with this. You remember the story of the ten lepers? I love this story. Because you have nine Jews, we call them Christians, and one unchurched fellow there. They got leprosy, they come to Jesus. They ask for mercy, and Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. As they go away, they're all healed. Not one, all of them got healed. One comes back, the unchurched guy. Falls down, praising Jesus. Thanking God for his healing. And you know what Jesus says to him? He says, your faith has saved you. The word save there, sozo, is the word used for salvation. He not only got healed physically, he got healed spiritually. Because thanksgiving will not only bring a manifestation of blessing, it'll be a bigger manifestation than you ever thought before. The thankful person's going to see increase. The thankful person's going to get extra blessings in his life. Over-the-top blessings. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.